Hey guys, Sklar Brothers here with Daniel Van Kirk. I am here. And our guest on the show is our favorite murderer because she murders this episode. Karen Kilgariff, thanks for joining. It was my pleasure. What a joy. We, talk about, we talk about swords. Oh yeah. Uh, sword uh, stores. Sword yeah. stores. A guy who might have deserved to get attacked. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying he did, but he might have. He's an e <laughs> Athlete, yeah, he's an, an athlete. athlete. That's everybody. all you need to know. That's all you need right. to know. Talk and about Claudia tiny, and her life changes. Tiny Sasquatches, <laughs> tiny Sasquatches, and the Sheboygan Clogger. Which, you, yeah, that, we need the town's help on that one. This is it. It is sword stores, tiny Sasquatches, <laughs> and the Sheboygan Clogger with Karen Kilgariff. You have to listen to this week's episode of Dumb People Town. It's the Starburns Industries Tape of the Month Club. 12 original cassette tapes delivered to your door. Each month, you'll receive a crisp new cassette tape of auditory delights made by some of the most funky and creative artists around. Featuring Dino Stamatopoulos, Natalie Palamides, Johnny Pemberton, Dan Harmon, future ladies of wrestling, Alan Resnick and Dina Kelberman, Dynasty Handbag, Jeff B. Davis, Rob Schraub, Lance Bangs, DJ Doug Pound, Cron, Open Mike Eagle, Ron Lynch, and on and on and on. Subscribe now. $13 gets you a crisp, unique tape in the mail each month. For $20, you receive a portable cassette player so you can listen to your tapes on the go. Here's how to order. For credit card customers, please call 747-888-0945. That's 747-888-0945. Or save COD charges and log onto the World Wide Web at d.rip forward slash sbi dash press. It's a good deal. Is it time? It's time for We're No Doctors. <laughs> We're Not Doctors. Do we have a real theme song? No, I think our theme song is a heartbeat monitor. Oh, yeah, and, and then a flat line. It ends with a flat line. That's our theme song. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to episode five of We're No Doctors. I am your co-host, Steve Agee. And I am Busy Phillips. The other co-host. That's true. And, um... Steve, I'm having issues. Because you're leaving? I am leaving, yeah, and that's tough. But, no, I don't remember what we talked about on the first four. <laughs> we talked... I don't either. <laughs> what if we keep repeating what we talked about? How does that work on a podcast? I don't know. There is an episode guide. I should hook you in on the episode <laughs> guide because I, I filled it all out last week. Oh, good. Okay. Um, That'd be useful, I think. I for think me. we're probably okay as long as we don't talk about um, disembarkment. Uh, oh, Mal Embarkment. Yep, that or um, <laughs> was it Rose Cutter's disease? Rose. Ooh, did we talk about that? Yeah, in the first one, something. <laughs> yeah, Rose. Rose. Your daughter's disease. hand, foot. <laughs> your daughter's hand, foot, and mouth disease. <laughs> My IBS and spastic colon. I remember that. IBS. That was last time. Yeah, uh, or two times ago. I think we're all right. And like, guys, I think if you're listening to this and there's something that you, there's a subject that you think we should yeah. touch on, hit we, us up on that Instagram. Hit us up on the Instagram. There is also an email. <laughs> I had to make an email for the Instagram, but I can't remember what it is right Steve, now. This is bad business. This is bad pod business. I will put the email address in the bio. Fantastic. You, maybe even a link. And Can I've you got, do that? I've got weeks to do this because yeah, this is episode not... <laughs> five. <laughs> okay, so guys, I'm going to say it confidently like it's happened. Go to the So bio. go to the go to the Instagram account. It's No Docs Pod. Or No Docs Podcast. I thought it was No Docs Pod. I'm looking it up <laughs> right now. We're pros. <laughs> We're not, but that's why you like this. We're no doctors. We're no doctors. All right, so... Uh, it's No Docs Podcast. No Docs Podcast on Instagram. There'll be a link in the bio. You can send us an email. You can send it a message too. Yeah. 
to say what topics you think we should talk about. Yeah, leave us comments. Email us with com- uh, yeah ideas for guests. Yeah, we need more. Topics. We need more guests. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what we need is better planning, Steve. We're not great at the planning, really. That'll happen. That'll sort itself out. <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll sort that out for us because I I'll never do it. So far, I believe all the guests have been I've brought in. I think it's yeah. your turn for sure. I'll, I'll make that happen. Okay. Although you're taking off now for but two can't months. We, do, we can do it remotely. We can do phones. Yeah. So that's a thing that people do. Yeah. We'll keep doing it via phone. So that I think after this episode, the next few that you hear will probably be phone calls. Okay, cool. I got nervous yesterday because I posted something on Instagram about how I handle my anxiety and depression and what I do with exercise and sweating all the time. That's great. It's awesome. Yeah. But I got, I did get, and it got a huge response. It was like an article in People Magazine and Us yeah. Weekly and yeah. all the, all the rags oh God, picked it great. up. All the rags picked it up. Steve. Yeah. And it had, you know, tons of people commented and people were really excited about it. But I got nervous because... I'm not a doctor, and if you feel depressed or a lot of anxiety, maybe exercise is not the right call for you. It's just that's what works for me. You should definitely see a, a mental health professional. Professional for sure. Like if you're, you're depressed, yes, a hundred percent. But like you know, I had that moment. I felt like I made it clear enough in the post that it was like just what worked for me. For you, sure. But I did have a moment where I got nervous that somebody was going to be like, well, Busy Phillips says all I have to do is work out. So. I went off my antidepressant. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No. Um, but it doesn't hurt. It not only doesn't hurt. I mean, it is like a game changer for me. Even if you have clinical depression and need to go on antidepressants, it's still good to exercise. It still helps. I, I'm on antidepressants and I still feel better when I exercise. The endorphins thing that happens, again, yeah. I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. I can't, I don't know what exactly is happening, yeah. but clearly there's like, it's, there's a thing that happens in your brain when you work out. And oh, yeah. the more you work out, the more that thing happens. For sure. You know, I used to go to this spin class here in Los Angeles years and years and years ago. I was asked to lose weight for this NBC pilot. Nice. Thanks, NBC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for Thanks, nothing. Thanks, Bob Greenblatt. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was pre-Bob Greenblatt. It was, okay. oh my God, who was running it at the time? I don't remember. Anyway. It was a pilot that I did with Macaulay Culkin where we played twin brother and sister and it was nice. really funny. Cool. Didn't get picked up, Steve. Yeah. So don't worry. I but f- I figured since I haven't seen <laughs> it. <laughs> they, had, they asked me to lose weight and like for the first time in my entire career, I started dieting and working out. Um, it was like the first time it occurred to me that maybe I should do that because I was like regardless yeah I was in my early 20s so I feel like you don't think about that most people don't think about that until you're like late 20s anyway or late 30s (laughs) late 40s (laughs) you can't see but Steve's pointing to himself when he says those things finish your story but yeah I, I, I know the feeling so I found this spin class in LA and I loved it it was like super like power rock and like it was cool like you know most of those spin classes I had been to was just techno and yeah. made me want to I couldn't do it yeah but I was super into it and I noticed that like all the people that were at the spin class after the class would like go outside and start smoking immediately oh, it was weird what? and they were all like tatted up and whatever weird. and so then at some point I became friends with some people in the class and I found out it was like a spin class for, yeah, for people in AA. The smoking gave it away. Yeah, exactly. But they would do like, and they all, most of them were like, it was NA and like they were addicted to drugs before and they would, they had traded, you know. Addictions for endorphins. Endorphins, exactly. And they would go every day to this woman and religiously and get it out, you know. It's not bad. It's not bad. Again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not saying that's going to work for everyone. I just think... It's Are you valid. allowed to say the name of the uh, the spin class? We don't know if it's like or still going to, on. Or you don't want to give away. This was like a million years ago. Also, by the way, that would be like, would that be? Giving out. Yeah. Go um, see these alcoholics. Yeah. yeah, probably shouldn't do it. <laughs> but you do Lek Fit now? Is it Lek or Lake Fit? I say Lek. Lek. Lek Fit. It's just the girl, the trainer's name is Lauren Elizabeth Klebon. Oh. So it's just her initials, Lekfit. Is it only women in that? 
Mostly, yeah. But my husband has gone. There have been a few men. Once there was a dude in like just a regular class. My husband's gone to a private class with me before. Once there was a dude in a regular class and I felt very thrown by it. Really? I didn't enjoy it. I, I figured it was only women because I've looked at the photos. I, I looked at that. I, I followed the link to the hashtag. <laughs> And uh, I was like, I think this is only women, but it's like mostly women. I mean, it's Mark really liked the workout, but it's definitely tailored for ladies. You jump on a trampoline and you do all these different moves on a trampoline, which are like choreographed moves. And it's pretty difficult to get the hang of. And then you do lightweight high repetition and you do arms and legs like lots of leg lifts but the movements I think are more geared toward lengthening like lady kind of like ballet moves right you know what I mean you sweat like fucking crazy in that I sweat like I look at your Instagram stories and I'm like I've never seen people sweat this much from exercise I sweat that much every time I exercise. That's amazing. Although I sweat more in Lek Fit than I've sweated, historically speaking, in other things. I sweat a lot in SoulCycle. Yeah. SoulCycle's a little bit heated. I sweat, Have you ever done hot yoga? I've done regu- regu- regular... Regular? Regular. I've done regular yoga. <laughs> and I only did it once. And I'm, I notoriously am a poor sleeper. Like, I sleep maybe six hours if I'm lucky and like I go to bed at two, I'm usually up by like nine, like horrible sleep. I did yoga once and that night I slept 12 hours. What? Why wouldn't you be doing that every day? What's wrong with you? Steve. I know. Obviously that's the thing you need to do. I loved it. I have a problem now. My, my vertigo has gotten worse. So when I invert, like when I, I, my head is below my heart, I get super fucking dizzy. Like I went to acupuncture today. I had to have a pillow to lay on my back. I can't lay flat on my back because I'll get really dizzy. Wait, can the acupuncture help the vertigo? They say they can. I'm always afraid to let them try because in the past, anyone that's tried to fix my vertigo has made it worse. Oh, yeah. Um, That's a fear. But yeah, in fact, my my now ex-girlfriend, the night that we hooked up, we were at her place and we were making out on her couch and like she pushed me down to, like onto my back and, yeah, I, and I was sexy. like and I was like no no <laughs> she like kept pushing me down and I was like I can't I can't and she didn't understand that. I was like I at least need a pillow that's really funny that feels like it should be in your tv show of your yeah, life that's for so sure. fucking embarrassing I mean it is what it is everyone's got their things Steve you know what I mean Vertigo is my thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, I go to the uh, acupuncturist and I have to use a pillow. Um, I think you should let them try and we can talk about it later. I was thinking that today. I was like, I should let them do it. It'd yeah. be something to talk about. Yeah. I think you should let them try. Do you like this acupuncturist? Love. Well then, then I mean, I feel like they're great. Yeah. And they are the first family to do acupuncture in Los Angeles. Who? Uh, the last name is Yu. It's a Chinese family. <laughs> Yu. Moses Yu is the guy who started it. And he started it in like the 50s or 60s in L.A. And they kept shutting them down because uh, the local, you know, city government was like, this isn't medicine. You can't right, practice. Right, right, right. They kept right, shutting right. his business down. And I think it was actually eventually Jerry Brown, Governor Jerry Brown, that was like, uh, yeah, let them do this. Acupuncture is a thing. And they go back like 20 generations, like in in, Los Angeles. No, no. In China. Like (laughs) it's like the family business and they're all fucking great. You know, the, uh, the mother, this woman, Mimi, she always wears one of those, uh, masks over her face. Like you always see like Asian people wearing masks a lot. Have you noticed that? I mean, in airports and like riding their bikes. Yeah. But maybe it's not a product. I mean, I feel like I noticed that after the bird flu epidemic in Hong Kong, because I feel like so many people, like the populations are so large in those cities in Asia Yeah, and people are living. So in such tight quarters that you just want to make sure that you don't get ill. Right. I wore mask. I feel like I maybe wore a mask when that Ebola thing was happening. Please, (laughs) (laughs) please, please. I I remember flying. It was like right at the, at the height of the Ebola 
scare. Yeah. Did Ebola happen right before Donald Trump was elected? Ebola? Oh, no, way. The, no, the new one. The latest one. The new Remember the one, the, the guy oh, was yeah, in yeah. quarantine in Dallas yes. and somebody died in Florida and it yeah, was yeah. like a whole thing. Yeah. Steve. Yeah, yeah. You weren't afraid of Ebola? Like recently, like in the last I, year. I had regular flu to worry about. <laughs> no, I've, I've gotten a lot better with that stuff. Oh, I used I to be like terrified. positive that that was it. <laughs> I was positive. But I see people on the planes with those masks on and it does. I'm, I get it. I'm like, if I had a mask right now, I would probably wear it too. Do you know what I did when my girls were little? I breastfed both of them and I had to fly with both of the girls a lot just for work and whatever, just travel. I travel a lot and a doctor, somebody told me to do this and I would do it to them like for the first two years. Well, no, I didn't breastfeed that long, but you squirt in (laughs) babies. When, when babies are little and you're flying, you squirt breast milk. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Into their eyes and up their nose. No, come on. Yeah. Because it's like got some sort of, it's like a natural antibiotic. Come on. I swear to God, Steve. And I remember with Birdie, like then I got smart about it and I would put the breast milk in a bottle and sort of like drop it into their, her eyes and nose. This is like when they were like infants. Yeah. So you don't want them to get sick. It would stop any of the germs from like getting into their little oh being in a closed area with recycled air yeah on an airplane it kept listen i don't know i'm no doctor (laughs) however (laughs) however both of my girls never never got sick when they were infants and i was breastfeeding them and i would squirt their eyes and nose with breast milk would you put it in your own eyes and nose i thought about it i did not some people put Neosporin up their noses when they oh, fly. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Or va- like, even Vaseline. Or Vaseline yeah. to like catch the germs yeah. in my head. That's what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Like trap them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you disinfect everything on an airplane or no? No. Oh, I carry wipes and I wipe I try it not down. to touch stuff. I usually, because you can't fly with liquids, like when I land, Mm-hmm. I'll go right into like the, the bathroom, the bathroom, or I'll buy like some Purell at the duty free shop or where, where the, not you know, the duty free, not shop. the duty free, but like <laughs> the little where you the buy magazines. news. Yeah. Where you buy magazines <laughs> and stuff. I'll buy like Purell. Um, I, I bring like, I bring wipes and I wipe down the seat, the back of the seat, the, rest hand whatever the belt all of buckle. it the belt buckle that's a good idea i never do that i don't i don't get i haven't really gotten sick flying oh really yeah i have i think about it all the time but i'm i usually like i'll drink an emergency as soon as i land and before i take so off you're taking and, preventative measures yeah to make sure that doesn't happen yeah yeah i mean these are all good tips guys um <laughs> I think that girl has Vaseline all over her nose. Uh, Yeah, I listened to We're No Doctors. Busy Phillips told me that. What are you putting in your eyes? It's just breast Breast milk. milk. It's breast milk. Guys, don't worry about it. It's just breast milk. Um, Yeah. They say, though, that like if you breastfeed your kids, they're not supposed to get as sick or it's supposed to help boost their immune. I didn't breastfeed and I have tons of allergies. I used to get sick all the time. So you think maybe that's true. I know kids that are breastfed that also have tons of allergies and get sick all the time. Maybe it's because their mother didn't right. breastfeed Ooh. and she's got bad she, boob milk. Right. She's, she's, I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think we should be perpetrating Rotten that. boob milk. We should have someone from the La Leche League. Those ladies come on and tell us. What's La Leche League? They're like the, the breastfeeding, the ladies that, oh God, what it, they're, you know, they're like lobbyists for breastfeeding. They like show up and tell you what to do and how to breastfeed. They're they're. Do you remember? This was like probably seven or eight years ago. Um, oh, what's the actress's name? She she breastfed some random kid in a third world country. Yeah, Selma Hayek. Of course, Selma I remember, Hayek. remember that. Remember that? Yeah, I would have breastfed a random baby in a foreign country. A hundred and ten percent. I would have. Uh, I, it was so crazy to me that she got. Shit for it. Yes. 
It's so nuts. Like she literally was like with UNICEF visiting starving children. And there was an infant that was starving whose mother like couldn't make milk. Yeah. And she was currently breastfeeding her own infant. Yeah. And she was like, what? My boobs are full. Let's do it. It totally makes sense. It was just a weird, like I've never heard of it before. I think that, I don't know. I wonder if, well, oh my God, <laughs> nursemaids. That's what nursemaids were. Oh, like in Romeo and Juliet, her yeah, nursemaid, yeah. like there were women that just never stopped lactating. How is that? If you keep feeding. How is that? If you keep, uh, you will make milk oh, as yeah, long that's as, why as long as someone's sucking on that Game boob. of Thrones, that woman there you with go. her like eight year old son. There you go. I don't watch Game of Thrones. I'm but hungry, mommy. Like she, he could talk and he's like, give me more. People still do that though. Didn't you see there was a cover of Time Magazine a couple years ago with like an eight year old breastfeeding. Look, I wow. don't want my eight year old on my boob. <laughs> I mean. So you can just keep making it as long as you, they're drinking You continue it. making milk as long as someone is drinking it or you're pumping, expelling, expressing it. How does it, it's so how does it just stop? Like you stop breastfeeding. Like you're like, okay, it hurts. what age? Well, it depends. Everybody's different. Like some people think that the first three months are the most important. And then past three months, they're like, that's too difficult. Or they have to go back to work and pumping is pretty uncomfortable. I'm just going to say, yeah. um, with birdie, I breastfed like 14 months. So over a year, which was a lot, like I felt like it was a really long time. I have friends that have gone two years or two and a half years. Um, with that's cricket, what I would have thought is two years. Yeah, that's good for you. But um, <laughs> I'm going to breastfeed my. As a man my, that knows nothing I'm at all about my kid how difficult years. it is to yeah. feed a child yeah. from your body. I have no clue. Every two and a half hours. I have no clue how it works months and months and mo never ending months <laughs> um not being able to go anywhere for longer than an hour because you know you have to be back right in order to breastfeed your child does it leak if you stop if you yeah like when you first stop feeding them is it just like overflowing yeah, stopping well like I, the best I'm way to 48 stop and i have the questions of a 11 year old kid when you're when you're breastfeeding or in my experience Again, I'm not a doctor, but the best way to sort of stop it is to wean the baby off. That's what that expression, you know, uh -huh. um, where you just taper down the feeding so that by the end you're like only really making milk in the morning right. or at night. Like, you know, n normally you get down to like two feedings a day and then right. sometimes you just drop to one and then you stop. <laughs> and then by that time, so it's not like you have to bind your breasts or anything. I, I don't know any of but this shit. It is intense. I mean, it's weird. Like, do you know that for some women, like for me, when my milk would let down into my boobs, it felt like someone was stabbing my tits with a dozen <laughs> hot knives. <laughs> let down? Yeah, the milk lets down. From the milk where? is like in milk ducts. And then it like moves to the front part of your boob where the nipple is. So that's the letdown. And while the baby, so the baby sucks. Okay. I don't my know God. any of this. So the baby sucks. This is crazy. But the baby sucks your whole boob. The baby doesn't just suck your nipple. If she, if the baby's just sucking your nipple, you're going to get bloody nipples, right. which also is a thing right. that's fucking disgusting and rough which I had with my first kid. Cause I didn't know about like getting the right latch. The baby That's really how they get a taste for blood too. Totally. <laughs> she is like a little bit of a vampire, <laughs> but the baby, so the baby should be like on a large section of the areola, like a large section of the boob should be in the baby's mouth. Yeah. And so they, they suck and that sucking action activates your milk to release. And it goes from, I guess, whatever, the milk ducts into the that front part of your boob where the nipple is, and then it shoots out. <laughs> I just assumed it just grew in the front part. <laughs> I didn't know. Well, about no, it's ducks. and it's called the letdown. And it's like um That's also the name of this episode. <laughs> the letdown. <laughs> I'm not even joking. This is Of course it is. I've been naming them shit the <laughs> like funny words that we've said. But like it's weird. And then that's when you, that's when I would get the stabby pains, but then that's when I would also get the euphoric sensation. Do you know that it releases like dopamine in the right. mom's brain right. to make you like bond with your child and basically feel like you're in love with this baby. Right. Um, so I would get the stabby pains and then I would start to feel really high and so, like with cricket, 
I got, I would get super high. Like I would feel like lightheaded and like woozy. I would got, why does it hurt though? I don't know. Just like the milk. I don't know. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. I can like, I can almost still remember the exact sensation, but it just like, I guess just moving from one gland, like from the, I don't know, from one part of your boob to the other part of your boob. It just like wow. was so painful. Some women don't have that at all, but I did the letdown, the letdown. And then you breastfeed. I would always do like what maybe, I was, both my kids were fat. I was like a fast milk provider <laughs> and both my kids were fast eaters. So the I think McDonald's I would do, of milk yeah, providers. I think I would do like, like eight and a half minutes on each side. Maybe, maybe I think when you start, you do like 10 minutes, 15 minutes so on each side. This is going to sound so ignorant. You switch back and forth while you're feeding on the you same do- feed. You do or like you, breakfast you empty, is right. No, 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 no. Lunch oh, is that's left. interesting. It's actually an interesting question. Um, no, if you were to, I mean, that's, I mean, I think that's crazy. <laughs> I don't no, know. you, you would like, it's so, it's so nuts. Like you think so much more milk is coming out, but then when you pump, you're like, Oh really? That's it. Um, so you like, I would get like four ounces of milk from one boob and like yeah. three and a half ounces from the other or whatever. So yeah, she would finish on one boob and then go to the other boob. But then here's the breastfeeding secret, Steve. When yeah. you, on the next feeding, <laughs> yeah. you have to start with the boob you finished with last time. Oh. So you, Very important. Were there ever times when you're like, oh shit, I forgot. Some new moms like wear a rubber band or like a bracelet that they switch from wrist to wrist. Oh shit. If they're going to be hardcore about it. With my first kid, I was like panicked. I wrote everything down. I should go find the log. It's oh my so God, fucking yeah. insane. I, it like makes me look like, um, what was that movie with Russell Crowe where he like did all the a beautiful mind. Yeah. It makes me look like a beautiful mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, of <laughs> breastfeeding. Like I have such copious notes of like, I was the most panicked. Well, I had postpartum anxiety, sure, but you don't want your kid to die. No, but I was like insane. Yeah. I took notes like for everything about her eating and how she, I mean, it was, that bonkers. seems like a good idea to do though. I think you should take some notes, but now they have like apps. This was before apps existed. Of course they do. Um, So now I think it's a lot easier. They have breastfeeding apps and things that make it easier for moms. I mean, I have had friends that like breastfeeding was just not their vibe. They hated it, whatever. I personally had a very intense love hate relationship and I, I enjoyed it. I found it to be easier than formula in a lot of ways. Like cricket, Cricket got very disinterested with in my boobs at around eight months, <laughs> and so I just let her dictate that it, that that she party went right to bottles. Yeah, that party was done. Yeah, and to me, like pumping is so unpleasant that um, I, when she stopped taking my boob. I pumped for a little bit to kind of like wean her down off the breast milk. And then I was just like, We're, I'm not doing this. Right. Like I know some women that are, like their babies won't, for whatever reason, never latched, won't take a boob. They'll only take a bottle and they like pump breast milk for years, which is just to Ugh. me makes me want to vomit. But do you know, you probably don't. I mean, why am I saying, do you know, um, when you're pumping, you, this is like crazy, but pumping is like a mechanical thing. You know, you put on and sure. you can do both boobs at the same time. So it can be faster. Always guys. I'm no doctor, but I highly recommend renting the breast pump from the hospital. That's like the professional grade one, as opposed to buying one, because I had both. I had the like really nice one that I bought and I had the one that I rented from the hospital that was like professional grade when I was working on Cougar town. And that professional one sucked my boobs dry in like <laughs> half the time that the, that the, um, at home bought one. Why don't it, the at home ones I, just adopt I literally that. have no idea they're made by the same company. It what? makes no sense. Oh, that's weird. It makes no sense. I don't know why the hospital grade one was so much stronger, but it just was. Um, but Were you, you know, ever like, I wonder whose boobs have been in this thing? Well, no, you get all new stuff. Okay. It's just, so it's like basically just a motor. Did, you, you get new to tu- everything's new, like new tubes, new, uh, breast shield things. Like, so new- you tried like the, the sharper image version of a breast pump, like basically, and it just didn't do it. 
Kind of, yeah. Wait, but so when you're pumping, you look at what like you <laughs> look at like what I would call baby porn, which is like babies eating. No. Yeah. It's not a thing. It is a thing, Steve. You can look it up on baby websites. Like if you look at baby pic- websites. If you look at pictures so of babies. Browser. If you look at pictures of like babies eating or like babies being cute or your own baby like laughing and playing, your milk comes in faster while you're pumping. I'm not typing in baby porn, by the way. That I'm, I'll get horrible results, I think. I don't think that you should. No. Here, type in. Here, I'll, I'll do it. By the way, how about I, I, I feel like this is a real thing. Uh, and not something I dreamed. It might be something I dreamed, but there are women that breastfeed monkeys. What? I think in like India or one of those places where the monkeys are sacred, they women will breastfeed little monkeys. What are you talking about? <laughs> I got to look it up after this baby website. Oh, listen to this. Pump like a pro. <laughs> look at your baby. How do you pump? Wait, oh, now I lost it. <laughs> Um, have you ever heard a newborn cry as you walk through the grocery store alone and suddenly felt your milk let down? Yes, Whoa, I have. The letdown. Your body doesn't care if the cries come from your own baby or someone else's. Whoa. It's got milk and it hears a baby in need. Okay, blah, 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 blah. Those baby cries are powerful. Baby coos too. That's why. Ready for this, Steve? According yeah. to this baby website. Yeah. And according to me, Busy Phillips, but I'm no doctor. <laughs> Bring a photo or better yet, a video with you when you pump. Sweet little videos of your baby smiling, cooing, or nursing will help set your mood and mindset for pumping and pull Weird. the same biological strings that the baby has in aisle three. Set the mood. Uh-huh. Yes. Wait, listen. Get out that picker video and think of the delicious baby scent as you relax and watch. Your body will be primed to let down and give up the liquid gold. Oh, what the fuck? Close your eyes and mentally walk through breastfeeding. It is, to be honest with you, Steve, it's the same thing. I mean, it is. It's like a, it's a physiological thing that your body does. It's like an orgasm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have to do certain things in order to achieve an orgasm. You have to do certain things in order to like have your milk let down and breastfeed. Your body will be primed to let down and give <laughs> up the liquid gold. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> the way you're saying it is gross. Okay, I'm going to look up breastfeeding monkeys. I hope it wasn't just a dream I had. Steve, I'm seriously not okay with breastfeeding monkeys. Oh my God. But you know, I had crazy pregnancy dreams. And when I was pregnant with my first daughter, Birdie, I had a super intense, weird nightmare that I was breastfeeding our cat, Verdell, and her like sharp cat teeth were like biting my boob. And I woke up in a cold sweat and was like so upset and terrified. I don't know. I think I'm it was just like an anxiety. Video. And everyone out there listening can Google on, or, or just do a YouTube search. It's called woman breastfeeding monkey. <sighs> Why is she breastfeeding the monkey? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I, I don't know. know why they're doing it. Why is she breastfeeding that monkey? No. I don't like it. I don't like it. It really grosses me out. I don't like it. That's not okay. It is. Ew, it's. It is so. It looks like a little old man. It's gnarly. Steve, it's gnarly. <laughs> I'm not. I don't, put it away. Put it away. You've. I'm glad I, I didn't like, dream it. I'm glad you didn't make that up because I would have been upset for you. <laughs> but breastfeeding is super weird. Pregnancy and childbirth is super weird. Should we talk about it? We don't have another perspective here. Yeah, we can. Do you have any questions? I've given, I've had two babies. I've carried them both to 40 weeks have and you given seen, birth naturally with no epidural to both of them have you through seen my vagina. Colin Hanks show, the one with Zoe Lister Jones on it. He's a very dear friend of mine. I know. And no, I've never seen it. The first episode, <laughs> in the very first episode, their story, because it's like a whole family and so there's different storylines, but his storyline with Zoe is that they're in the hospital and she's giving birth. Yeah. And she's she's squeezing and pushing and uh, the baby comes out and <laughs> I think it's her first kid. 
And he's like, oh, it's beautiful. And he, and he looks a little shocked. And uh, she's like, did I shit myself? And he's like, uh, and she's like, oh my God, I shit my, <laughs> but everybody shits themselves. They do. Yes. I didn't know that. But the nurses are so good about, they have this little, like, you know, those doggy piddle pads that like you uh, put down for sheet zoos when you leave, yeah. you know, and they pee on them. It's like a big square open diaper that you put on the floor. Yeah. For, yeah. for animals. Yeah. They have those in the hospital <laughs> and they're like underneath you. There are so many fluids that come out, Steve. I know. And uh, and it, and when you poop, when you're pushing, cause you like 100% will poop Well, you know, I poop all the time anyway, but, yeah. um, they just like fold it up like a little envelope and like throw it away really fast and then put a new one under you. Like it really was so not an issue right. that I can't even explain the issue, Steve. And that's so funny that they put that on the show. Cause like. I feel like that pilot was written by a man. Oh, maybe. Because the issue is not you shitting yourself. The issue is pushing a fucking human being out of your vagina. Like, yeah, I can't. Once that, once you get those shoulders, like the shoulders are the worst part. And once you get the shoulders out, you're like, oh, this is hands down the craziest thing that's ever happened yeah, ever in yeah. the world. <laughs> yeah. And people do it every day. And this is... That's why we're all here. Fucking nuts. It was like... Especially because I did it with no epidural and with... With I both mean, kids? Both kids, no epidural. Ugh. I felt very strongly about it. First of all, partially because a giant needle in my spine... Yeah, that sounds horrifying. ...fell horrifying <clears throat> yeah. to me. <laughs> Secondly, because I'm very competitive... And I wanted to be, I want to be the best at everything. Yeah. And I felt like the only way you could be the best at childbirth is if All natural. you don't have mm. an, any help yeah. or epidural. I don't think that's true anymore now that I've done it. I think that's insane. If you went with number three, you'd have an epidural. I don't think I would only because that vagina knows what it's in for and like... <laughs> know like I've done it twice and there's no chance that my third baby would be as big as my first two Mm because my first baby was gigantic yeah I had to have an episiotomy Uh, a full episiotomy yep with no pain drugs none just no uh, that's so gnarly just a slice man wow Mm -hmm. it was brutal um but I was in labor labor with birdie And I was, I do have to say this, like I was definitely like gung ho on this natural, no epidural, blah, blah. But I also am one of those people where I'm like, I swear to you, this is true. If the doctor had looked at me and been like, we have to do a C-section, there's no fucking way. I'd been like, yeah, great. Let's do it. Whatever is the best for the baby. Sure. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I know people though, who are so like gung-ho about natural that they would that they fight the doctor really? about the c-section yeah oh like people God. get like crazy in their heads about about it yeah um i would have a hundred percent like gotten that baby out anyway yeah that she needed to get out but they have this little fetal heart rate monitor on the babies while you're in labor and her heart rate was so steady and consistent and never dropped she was chill she just like yeah. was giant and took forever to get how long down and out i was in hard labor like i hate it when i talk to people and they're like i was in labor for three days i was like yeah so was i but like yeah until your contractions are two minutes apart like yeah that's not you know that's just like i had contractions for three days too yeah and i was two centimeters dilated when i went into like actual labor that doesn't seem like two centimeters is very, you have to get to 10. Yeah. Two centimeters is very small. <laughs> yeah. Some women though, when they go into labor are zero oh. and they have to, op- they open up their cervix, you know, they have to like, it's a process. But so I was two centimeters dilated. My baby was huge. It was August. It was hot. So my fluid was getting low. He literally just had me drink like a gallon of water to help my fluid. He stripped my membranes I don't know what that means. Do you want me to explain it to you? Uh, We might as well. Yeah. The doctor puts his fingers up you. And because you, because I was almost two centimeters dilated, he could get his finger into my cervix and he kind of would like sweeped around 
loosening the place where the placenta meets your uterus. So breaking that seal. (laughs) And then you, so what's called like the bloody show or like, you're the gonna, bloody show. That's what it's called. This might be better than the lightning. Or the or the or the or the bloody plug, something like that. Like then you like bleed a little bit. Oh my god, Steve's gonna pass out. I'm not gonna pass out. This is I It's I, fascinating. I know it's totally fascinating. It's it is a miracle and I but I still don't understand how so many women will just go back and have more baby because you know how they say a kidney stone and for a guy it's the closest thing you'll know i've passed three kidney stones and i'm like i would never choose to do that again because it was the yeah but you didn't get a baby after it that turned into a child you you haven't seen how huge those kidney stones were but i mean it doesn't like give you love no so I mean, or does it? I don't know, Steve. No. I can't speak for what. They're hanging in Ziploc bags. That's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) I saved them. So so he stripped my membranes, and then he told me to go for a really long walk. What? Yeah. You'd like try to get it going. Are you at the hospital when this is happening? No. I went into his office. He did it in the office. (laughs) I went home. My husband and I went on a really long walk at night. He was like, don't go out during the day. It's too hot. But like at night, go for a really long walk. Went for a really long walk. And then that night, of course, because it was like my first baby, I went into labor super late at night. Like Uh I went to bed at like 11 or something and had my first real contraction. I don't know, one in the morning or something like that woke me up. Right. And then I was in labor for like hard labor where the, those contractions were intense and like two to four minutes apart for 14 hours. What is a, con- is a contraction just feel like a cramp? Like the worst cramp well, you've ever had? Yeah. It's the worst cramp you've ever had. But like, I also had a, had a bit of, which I didn't know at the time what it was. Cause I'd never been through labor before, but I had what's called back labor, which nor- I know, oh my God, which normally doesn't happen if your baby's facing the right way. But I think because my baby was so big, it just was like pressing in this weird way. So mine was more like the worst lower back kidney spasms oh, of your life. Like a kidney stone. That's like, hurts, yeah, yeah. Like, but like the most intense, intense, like blinding pain. The only thing that made me feel okay was getting into our shower upstairs that had really high pressure and like just putting like pounding massaging my back with hot water. Yeah. I try, I thought I was going to want to be in a tub. I got in the tub. I was like, Nope, out of here. Like it was just the shower. And then when we got to Cedars, so I think we waited until I was seven and a half centimeters dilated to go to Cedars or eight centimeters dilated to go to Cedars. And when we got to Cedars, how do you, do you have like a measuring stick that you're like, no, I had a, I had a woman like a doula midwife woman who could come and they're so well-trained and know everything that they can tell basically like with their fingers, how far, how far dilated you are. And she had like, she had the fetal heart rate monitor with her and she had, you know, and she knew, so she was in talk and she was in touch with the doctor. It was awesome having her. So she was like laboring at home with us. Right. And then we went to Cedars in the morning. I don't know, like seven or eight, eight or yeah, maybe eight in the morning. And then I got to Cedars and this happens, especially they say with natural childbirth and my labor just like stalled out. Like I got, I think my body got like freaked out. Like stage fright. Yeah. By, from the hospital. And so then it was a really long process and she kept like, I was so tired because I'd been up all night and having these really intense contractions. And she's like, I think it'd be really important if we like take a walk, like maybe we need to. And I was like, Oh, I am not. No, I'm not. (laughs) No, no, I'm not going anywhere. Next idea. And then, uh, and then I pushed, I pushed for three hours, which is unheard of. And my doctor like showed up, he was wearing this like total like Cosby sweater. (laughs) Like it was like comical. And he was talking about how he was going to this like fancy sushi restaurant for dinner and like what time he had reservations and like was hoping that he was going to make it. He's the greatest doctor ever and like so chill. Yeah. But it was just like, these are my memories from giving birth. And my husband was like kind of not really paying attention to me, but very focused on making like a good playlist. Yeah. 
Oh, so he was playing like a lot of Whiskey Town and Arcade Fire. This was 2008. That's for him, though, right? <laughs> yeah, That's yeah not totally. For you. Yeah. Totally. I'm like, where's the fucking Tori Amos? Arcade Fire. She was born to Arcade Fire. Yeah, Amazing. she came out to Arcade Fire. Holy shit. And my, and my doctor was really into Whiskey Town. So anyway, so I, so I pushed for so three hours and I started to have full on hallucinations. Of course. And like crazy, crazy shit. And Mark said, Mark was really traumatized by it. He said that like, do so you push? I'm trying to remember. You don't push that long. I feel like you push for like 10 seconds mm-hmm. or five seconds or something like that. And then you get like 30 seconds off or a minute off or two minutes like off that for three hours for three hours. God. And he would, he said that I would push and I would be there and I'd be like trying to push and trying to get the baby out. And then when I would have my minute break, he was like, it looked like you died. Like every time he's like, you would lay back and you would just like, your eyes would roll up into your head and it looked like you were fucking dead. And he was so traumatized by it. I can imagine. And then at one point they like brought me a mirror because I started like freaking out, like what's wrong with the baby, like having anxiety, panic, like there's something wrong with the baby. Even though we had the fetal heart rate monitor and she was fine and everything was fine. I just felt like it was taking too long and I got nervous and they brought me a mirror and I could see her little like black hair coming out of I mean, for real. Yeah, yeah. And then they did the episiotomy, and then we got her head out, and then the shoulders are the worst part. It's like yeah. it's like a searing, white hot pain, the likes of which I can't ever describe to you. And you remember all this? I remember. Yeah, I remember you, that very. But clearly. you were fading in and out while yeah. you were pushing. But the stuff. shoulders, I remember. I literally saw white light. That was how bad the pain was. Like Jesus it was like Christ. It felt, I can't believe you did it a second time. It felt like it was like nuts. It was crazy. And then once the shoulders are out, the rest of the body just flies out. And she was good. She had some. Um, she had some like they had to suck suction out her a lot. She had a lot of fluid. Yeah in her nose and her lungs and stuff. So they suctioned her a bit. That's normal. I always see that. Yeah. 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 Suction out the nose. They suction them out so hard. It's like very disconcerting. Yeah. The other thing that's crazy that no one ever told me was that like, you sort of feel like giving or wait, how do I say this? What I imagined giving birth would feel like was not what giving birth felt like. But when you give after birth the placenta, when you birth out the placenta, that to me felt like giving birth. Then you feel empty. It's so weird. I think we did mention after birth. We on did. Like the first one, I think. Maybe. Uh, it might have just been you and me talking when we were talking about doing this podcast. But I think we, ugh. yeah, we talked, I think about after birth and some people eat. Oh, I ate. Oh, we did talk about this because yeah. I ate the placenta the second time. I didn't do it the first time. I wish I had. I would have benefited greatly <laughs> from I, it. What does it do for you? It's it, it's like an antidepressant. Oh. All of like the hormones are held in the placenta. And so then you like lose all of these hormones at one time from your body. And the idea, like the old ancient midwife idea behind it is that you replace those hormones bit by bit every single day so that you kind of keep your mood stabilized as opposed to just having this like huge expulsion of hormones from your body. And then you're just like empty. Right. Um, so if you can replace them a little bit every day with those exact hormones, you, you do better. I guess that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And I have to say with this, I, I only have, you know, anecdotally my first birth as opposed to my second, but you birth. have a control, which was the first birth and you have the sort actual... of except being a new parent, like being a first time parent is so different than being a second time parent. Right. So I was like a fucking mess and a wreck and all that the first time around. And yeah. the second time I was just generally more chill. Yeah. But then I also had the placenta pills. I don't know. I right. would do the placenta pills again. Cause even if it's a placebo, it's like, worth it to make yourself feel better. Right. Um, yeah. But then I got stitched up and the craziest thing, they put this like block of ice in your underwear basically to get that swelling down. (sighs) So nuts. Sounds so traumatic. I really am like, I don't, I know you you created life and it's wonderful, but God damn, that's a lot of pain to put up with. It's crazy. 
It's crazy. And then when you breastfeed for like the next week, a lot of times when you breastfeed, it causes your uterus to contract because it's like it helps shrink your uterus back yep. down to size. So- your uterus has to shrink back. Think sure, of, of course. Right. And breastfeeding for some reason helps do make those contractions. So you would feel like this weird contraction oh, in your fuck. belly at, when I when you would breastfeed your newborn. I would. It's nuts. Your body is like... How soon are you able to go home from the hospital? Well, I could have, because I had natural birth, like literally could have left that night if I wanted to. I stayed like two days. <laughs> I was terrified. Yeah, you did it more for, I wanted to make sure these people helped me take yeah, care of my baby that's for exactly two days. Right. I was like so nervous and so scared. Because there's no, they're just, here's your baby, go home. Here's your baby, goodbye. That's the thing like Mark and I always talked about too. You know, they're so careful, like you can't walk to your recovery room. You have to be in a wheelchair. Yeah. Even if you can walk, it's just because, you know, insurance purposes yep. and, sure. you know, everyone is tagged within an inch of their life with yeah. the baby and everybody's got like wristbands yeah. and all this stuff. And, and then they like, you bring in the car seat and they help you put the baby in the car seat and they put you in the wheelchair and they take you down to the parking garage and then they're like, see ya. <sighs> Bye. There's, there's no, and then like, you can just get in the car and drive away with a newborn human. And there's no pamphlets they give you. Like, I think remember she, to feed her yeah, every yeah, yeah, yeah. few No, hours. they come in, they come in and talk to you. They, the, someone from like the breastfeeding thing comes in and talks to you. That's uh, where I got that journal from. Uh, she gave me the journal. Keep track of your baby's eating. There are nurses there. They send you home with like, I remember they like loaded me up with like some newborn diaper things and like I mean I had all that stuff at home obviously I'm not a fucking idiot but (laughs) fucking idiot but they oh like swaddle blankets they like sent me home with swaddle like baby newborn swaddle blankets and see I feel like if they were telling me all this in the hospital while I'm there with my baby I wouldn't have caught anything they said because I would have just been staring at my baby going holy shit look at this holy shit yeah Oh, I wish I would have paid attention to what they were telling me. Yeah. I mean, the good thing is the internet is a resource. Oh, you yeah. can find out a lot on online. But it is like cra- driving home was so nerve wracking. <laughs> Don't get in an accident. No. And it's so funny because I remember very distinctly that Jason Schwartzman and Jonah Hill and Jason's brother, Robert, were on the radio, I think it was on Sirius and they were talking. This was before Jason had his like radio show that he has now on Sirius, but they were like, I don't know he was like guest DJing and he was just like shooting the shit with his brother. And I think it was Jonah Hill or was it, I'm wait now I'm blanking, but like they were just, I just remember that Mark and I were like so intensely listening to them talk like while Mark was driving because we couldn't talk to each other and we were so like petrified yeah. driving with this baby home. It was nuts. In a car seat, obviously. Well, of course. I mean, well, it's I like know. our I, parents I, I would it. be afraid to like not be holding it, you know? No, but that's like that thing from that movie with Rosie Perez. Remember that movie years ago? Fearless. No. Oh yeah. And Jeff, Jeff Bridges. Bridges and Rosie Perez is holding her baby on the plane and yeah. it flies out of her hands. Survives a plane accident. They do. They, they do. do. The baby's yeah. killed. But he's like not afraid of dying anymore. Right. Because he's fearless. He survived. That's what I, anytime I, t- and I know people that have been in plane crashes. I'm always like, so you're not afraid to die anymore. And they're like, fuck no, I don't ever want to fly again. Who do you know that's been in a plane crash? Uh, Diane Neal. Do you know Diane? She was on Law and Order SVU. She was. The, oh yeah, I she know who she is. Because I used to watch SVU religiously. She played uh, Casey Novak, the uh-huh. the DA. She wow, was you even a, know her she character a, name. She was on my podcast. We talked about her plane accident. Did you? Was it a commercial? Yeah, it was like a flight from like Italy to France or France from to Italy. What? When she was like a teenager oh. or something. Um, and then I have a friend. He directed a movie that I did in uh, in North Carolina, in Wilmington. And we were flying back, and we got on the airplane. We took a small plane to, like, 
Wilmington. From Wilmington to like Charlotte. Charlotte, sure. And we were about to fly to LA and I was sitting there and I was like shaking my legs and he's like, are you nervous? And I go, yeah, I I don't like flying. This was years ago. I'm not afraid of flying anymore, but I go, you don't ever get nervous on a plane. He goes, "Uh, dude, I never get nervous. My sister was on that plane that Sully Sullenberger landed in the Hudson Hudson River. He goes, what are the odds that someone on that plane is going to have a family member that dies in a plane accident? I go, yeah, that's a good point. That's and so really then I intense. felt better the whole flight. I was like, yeah, he's not going to be in a plane crash. That's really intense. I yeah. like that theory a lot. Yeah, I do too. I would love to get on an airplane every time I get on and go, has anyone here been in a crash before? <laughs> I just want to put myself at just ease. <laughs> yeah. See the odds. Uh oh. You want it? We can. It's been an hour. Oh. You want to go answer that? Get the phone and say goodbye. Well, (laughs) I feel like we could talk more child childbirth. I think what we need to do. Uh, No one should have this phone number. It's only for my gate. Stop it. Ooh. So this person is it's not just a random. I talk it's to. a random dial. It's a cold car. Cold. cold it's a cold the car. Cold call files. It's a cold call. Um, wait, what was I saying? Uh, we could talk. I be. I would be interested to know somebody's C-section oh, vibes. Should, okay. But also, people don't need to hear about childbirth. I think it's interesting. I'm fascinated by the fact that my body did this two times. It really is crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it's nerve wracking, I think. I don't ever want to have to go through it. You're I not mean, going. I don't think you're going to. No, but I mean, I don't. I don't want kids. You don't. No. Nah. I get it. Um, sort of. Yeah. I mean, a little bit. I feel like it's the only reason we're My here. My ex didn't either, like, so I was like pretty stoked when I found her. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. We can just fucking, on the same page. We can just travel. But you also might think that and then meet someone that changes your mind, Steve. I've, I, I mean, I've thought that I, I currently and have never wanted kids. But if I met the right person, I really believe. I mean, maybe. my Mark Silverstein, my husband didn't want him, did not want children and never thought he was going to have them. And in fact, at my like baby shower, his mom was like, oh, yeah, I had just I just assumed that like Mark was never having. Oh, children. Shit. Like, he never wanted kids. That's funny. And then. He texts me all the time. He's like, fuck, I made a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's probably, you know, we all have those feelings as parents. And then there are some people that I'm friends with that like have made that declaration and it makes me sad. Like, you know, like part of what's so weird about having kids is seeing all of the, the weird, interesting stuff that they get from you. Yeah. That's just like inherent in their being. Sure. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, so many stupid people have babies, but yeah, that's why I think smart people need to step up the game. Maybe. Otherwise it's going to be idiocracy come to life. Didn't China. Wasn't it like you could only have like two kids or something or you were only allowed to have one. I thought it was one kid and then and it had to be a guy. No, no, no. Like that boys were prized, not prized. What preferred preferred. And so then there were like a bunch of girls in orphanages. Is that true? Or is that something we just grew up in the 80s thinking was true? I don't know. I, I mean, we saw a woman breastfeeding a monkey, so this might as well all be true. All bets are off? Yeah, all bets are <laughs> off. All right, well, maybe we'll get into more of this. We should talk C-section sometime. We'll get a guest in here. Also, though, but wait, I just, I do want to say this. Like, your vagina goes back to normal. Yeah. I've been with girls who've had kids. Oh, speaking of which, here comes mine. I can hear her. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Running, running around in the front. I see it. All right. You see it. Her. I and she's adorable. It. I see Come it. on. It's out there. Get <laughs> it together. Lock the doors. All right. It's time for this podcast. To be All over. right. Uh, take everything we said with a grain of salt because we're, we're no, no doctors. doctors. Feral Audio. Hey, everyone. It's me, Steve. AG. You know. <laughs> I'm here to let you know that Starburns Audio has a new survey. Uh, just go to starburns.audio slash survey. Um, we're trying to get to know our listeners a little bit better. Uh, and it only takes a few minutes, I promise. But uh, it makes a massive difference to the podcasters 
at um, Starburns Audio. Believe me, we uh, are trying to get to know a little bit more about you, what you like, what you don't like, um, ideas you may have to make things run smoother. Um, this really is a helpful survey. Um because currently podcasting is still kind of like the Wild West. We still don't know a lot. It's uh, it's a new medium. Um, so your responses make everything a lot easier. Uh, it's incredibly helpful and uh, incredibly quick. So again, just go to starburns.audio slash survey and uh, fill it out. Help, help a brother out, all right? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Let's say uh, Seinfeld was on an island. And he was blowing Boris Karloff. What would, it, what would that be like? <laughs> it might go something like this. Oh, Mr. Karloff, I loved you and Frankenstein. And I love giving you a blowjob. Why, Mr. Seinfeld, I'd love having you fuck.